Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Hi, what's up? Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. Hello, Matt. Hi, we're both here with our dear friend, Timmy Failure. Love this boy. It's back. Uh, Episode two was us learning about Timmy Failure, and we decided it's high time. We see what that little scamp is up to, and it turns out a lot of the same stuff, huh? Lots of the same things. <laughs> uh, this time, uh, Timmy Failure decided to uh, uh, live his life in a plot. So that was cool. <laughs> that was refreshing. A nice escape <laughs> so refreshing. for Timmy Failure. This is book two, Now Look What You've Done. Uh, and if you're catching up, if you didn't listen to the first episode, well, well, let's introduce the concept of this thing. This is a book by mm-hmm. Stefan Pastis, who is the uh, comic artist of Pearls, Pearls Before, Before Swine, Swine. Yeah. which is a hilariously clever comic that I never had I in a newspaper. I never remember it being in newspapers I had access to. It. it was just like, so it was almost more like a web comic for me. Like I would find it online oh, really? and stuff. I never really read it in newspapers. Mm-hmm. My dad was a sports writer for 20-something years, so yeah. we had the newspaper laying around. And Pearls Before Swine in the was newspaper in he wrote for it was was present. So yeah. definitely a, read some Pearls Before Swine. It's some of the funniest uh, comic writing that's ever been in newspapers. And he's one, he's a, by gum, he's a funny guy. Uh, and Timmy Failure is his foray into kids' books. They look like really thick books. If you see one on a library shelf, don't be deceived, because they look really thick, but there's about 30 words per page, and then on probably half or a third of the pages, there's like a little comic, too. So it's like yeah. half comic, half book. It's such a beautiful structure, because it's it it everything is a joke and set up and punchline. It'll say something, and then that something will be referencing the art right below it or on the next page. You know, there's a lot of times where the page turn is the fun joke yeah. reveal or whatever. And your and you dad heads out there might remember that the first time around I listened to which this book, which was wild, and I think actually took longer than what I did this time, yeah. which was read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me what an afternoon, two hours, two and, <laughs> two and a half pops. hours. Yeah. yeah, I was like I was like live tweeting uh, to Matt directly, just like, <laughs> hey, this is where I'm at. I'm and here. at one We're point, I was like, halfway. hey, this guy sucks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm really hating Timmy <laughs> Failure in this one. Uh, and then like the reveal came uh shortly after that but yeah yeah, i actually read it this time uh and i will agree that i made a huge mistake uh (laughs) in listening to it the first time so i i definitely enjoyed my uh conversation with it this time this one's so fun um they're both fun it's it's such a fun way to uh, engage with this kind of a thing it's i can imagine this being hilarious to read as a kid too it's funny for us to read. i mean and again still uh, this is a lot of the same things as the first book. The first book was a lot of references to Bob Dylan songs or other stuff. I mean, this is very clearly a kid's book written by an adult, but it doesn't even like Timmy Failure is just a cartoon character. Like he's absurd. Right. So it doesn't even go into that territory of like, oh, he doesn't sound like a very realistic kid. He's absolutely not a realistic kid. He's a weird little freak uh, and we love him <laughs> for it. So. <laughs> He is a weird little freak with his little weird freak friends and everything. Yeah, no, it's funny too because uh, 
boy, the mom is still a pathetic character, isn't uh, she? A really pitiable a, person. A, no, no, no. Sorry, pitiable. Thing. Not pathetic. P- yeah, pitiable. pitiable. She's got a rough going. Uh, this one's fun, though, because we get introduced to Timmy's great aunt. Uh, Timmy's mom is in such rough spots that she doesn't really have a job. She's had to go live in with her aunt. Uh, but Timmy's aunt is maybe rich, seemingly rich. It gets talked about later, but she lives in a mansion. So this one is Timmy doing his best living on, uh, you know, a, a massive place with a with an elephant hedge and uh, his aunt is an inventor. And one of the lessons, my favorite lesson of this book, uh, as you learn more about Timmy's aunt and the lesson she teaches Timmy is follow your dreams, even if your dreams suck. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and there's actually a through line to this for the entire book. She has these not rollerblades, very specifically not rollerblades. Uh, they're a shoe attachment a la Heelys, but only worse. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like a one rod, a one axled, uh, two wheeled thing that you put on your shoe and you have to balance like the middle of your foot on. And it's like, you're supposed to make it easier to get around, but she needs a ton of help getting she's around falling the entire, constantly. Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah, it is yeah like, there's like multiple references to Timmy being like, I had to help my aunt up off the pavement <laughs> while she's trying to like talk to me. And like, it's very, very it's a very funny through line. And yeah. the aunt is great. Yes. Uh, the aunt is, uh, uh, qualifies as eccentric because of the place she lives in. Yeah. Uh, she would be weird if she lived in a small place, <laughs> <laughs> but she's eccentric cause she lives in big mansion. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, she follows her weird dream of getting these, uh, uh, rollerblade things to take off yeah she's she's trying to be an inventor just like timmy's trying to be a detective mm-hmm. the big mystery of this book of course i mean it is timmy failure and ej did say there is a plot that doesn't mean the chapters aren't still really sort of ambiguously just sort of happening just they're a little bit more connected but there's still chapters where it's just like and then i was doing this thing at school anyways enough about that moving on to the next yeah. sort of thing but the two main through lines of this one yep. is Timmy is trying to solve a mystery put on by the school. The school has sort of set up this like mock mystery of who stole the globe and the winner who determines who stole the globe gets $500 and Timmy wants to win the competition. Yeah, that's the big one. However, there is a smaller one that kind of gets us kicked off. It's yeah. the uh, Spoony Spoon has gone <laughs> gone missing. Uh, one of uh, Timmy's friends. And you, you have to know I'm air quoting friends here. Yeah. Timmy doesn't have friends he has an admirer and a guy he keeps around (laughs) and his mom and his aunt like timmy does not uh timmy doesn't even consider them friends timmy's not a very good friend so timmy's a terrible friend in (laughs) fact that's his name is timmy failure for a reason um and uh so this uh, other friend of his uh, i don't remember his name comes up to him and is like hey somebody stole my spoon can i get you on the case and yeah Timmy is just like, oh, it's so small time, but yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Sure. Uh, that you know, how he approaches things. So that's really a huge, important part of the story, though, because there's two main cases Timmy's trying to sp- yep. solve, which is who stole the spoon and then the one that the school puts on, a competition for detectives. Yeah. So, uh, of course, the, the this one I love that it plays more with uh, Timmy's technically best friend, Rolo Tukas who uh, mm-hmm. just hangs Rolo. out, uh, and, and it's hard to say who's getting anything out of this relationship between the two of them. Rolotukas is like the smartest kid in school or among the smartest kids in school, and the thing they play with a lot more in this one is the idea 
that, you know, Timmy's always wrong about his mysteries. Timmy is a conspiracy theorist, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, Timmy goes down rap. <laughs> yeah. We don't, EJ and I just read a book about conspiracy theories and uh, we learned a lot about the mentality of conspiracy theorists. And then we read this book and we went, and, wait a second. <laughs> and we turned into, we turned into amateur sociologists yeah, yeah. and uh, diagnosed Timmy as a sociopath. Yeah. So, so that's where we're at. Timmy always jumps to the worst conclusion and Rolo spends a lot of this book trying to be like, yeah, but what if you think, what if it was the correct answer? Tim, what if you, and, and Timmy of course is always like, no way, absolutely not. But what gets even more fun is Rolo starts then deciding he has to trick Timmy into finding the right yep. answer. So at, at a certain point in this book, Rolo is like, no, Timmy, I know. No, I know. You're totally right. <laughs> he plays into you gotta it. listen to me. They're after you. They're trying the system's trying <laughs> to upend you. And they're gonna they're gonna lie and say the answer's this. And Timmy's like, oh, you must yeah. be on to something. And so then their yeah. their friendship is really solidified because Rolo actually is trying to look out for his friend Timmy uh, and he just is. wants to see his friend be happy and Timmy steps on his own toes a lot, so Rolo's there to try to pick him up. Yeah, and then there's the other friend, Molly Moskins, and Molly's <laughs> my favorite character. Um, Molly, by well, besides the ant in this one, but yeah. Molly, uh, uh, for recurring characters, Molly's the best. Uh, Molly's just a really good person. Uh-huh. Uh, just has a crush on Timmy for no reason. Timmy gives her no reason to have a crush on Timmy's him. consistently trying to arrest her for any of yeah. the crimes he's investigating. And Molly just obliges because she she likes Timmy. So she she thinks it's a game. Uh-huh. Um and so they're they you know, she plays a little game with him by sending him notes in this one saying that she's his secret admirer and all that, and he's like, They're trying to assassinate me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with these notes. Um but yeah, so Molly's great. Uh she ends up uh, also helping at the end it all culminates to one big thing that happens at the end yeah. that is kind of wild and shouldn't ever like i don't here's what i want to talk about is how stefan pastis really like conceptualizes yeah. <laughs> like where he's going with these books because yeah. uh, like where do we go from here it, again know, i'm right. interested again <laughs> yeah 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 I, I thought after this one, i was like oh this was a lot more of the same so maybe i won't be dying to get mm-hmm. in another one but every book ends with just like well, what does that mean? Where, <laughs> where are we going? What's going to happen next? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this, like every, every one of the Timmy failure books ends in a cataclysmic event. Yeah. Like in the life of a third grader. Right. Um, like what would be a cataclysmic right. event? Like there's a huge car wreck at the end yeah, of the yeah. first one. Right. Like, right. and it's all Timmy's fault. Like he literally destroys a city block yeah. is what it is. And, and, and this, in one, this one, he breaks, he breaks two bones throughout the, over the course of the book. <laughs> he, he spends most yep. of the book with a broken limb oh, and then he yeah, gets another one. This. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's being helped. Oh, that's right. Part of the one of the the physical gags that happens is his aunt trying to help him walk while he is trying to help her roller skate. Oh, staying balanced. It is like they're both trying to keep their balance with each yeah. other, like some sort of weird bag race or, yeah. or like a three legged race. Absolutely. It's yeah, very this, funny. I think overall this book is I mean, it's basically just as enjoyable as the first one, if not also being uh, like EJ kind of said, a, a more cohesive narrative. This one's actually easy yeah. to grasp onto. I do wonder how much of that is us going into it, be mentally prepped for chaos because the first book mm-hmm. is so chaotic. And so it's like, you know, the first book, we didn't know it would be that way. And then suddenly we're met with a plot that jumps all over the place. I wonder if this one technically jumps around just as much. But we were like geared for it yeah i think it does jump around a little bit i think one of the things that i i remember messaging you and i I wanted to get back to this was when timmy out of nowhere is just acting out like a like a literal jerk like the worst person in the book and he 
Uh, he does this over a course of a few pages, and this is where I feel the most empathy for his mother mm-hmm. is she now she she doesn't have a job in this. Um, that's something I really like about these books too. Is um, at least his mom is like the most human character in the world. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe the most human character in any book we read. Right. right. <laughs> like she's just minus a real maybe, person. Yeah. Minus maybe Petra from the last Quintista. <laughs> like, there's like, there's like no other person that is like more like grounded yeah. and human than the, like who lives real actual struggles than right. his mom. Right. And she is like, just like Timmy, what's going on? What is it doing? because we moved? Yeah. Is it because we, you know, what is it, dude? I, like, I love and- the part where <laughs> she gets Timmy ends up having to go to see a therapist for a little bit because mm-hmm. I mean he's thrown his own life into shambles and his mom's just trying to figure out what's going on. Right. And, and even the therapist is like, I feel like you're really regressing here, Timmy. I think <laughs> I think we're taking a couple steps backwards and maybe uh-huh. we could try to sort this out. And Timmy doesn't care even a little bit what this that he, he he's not even sure what a therapist is and why he's here yeah he actually is like well, the therapist is wrong about a lot i have to correct her all the time like it's weird he's like yeah, she'll get it one day yeah it's like his inner monologue is running through this book yeah. and you're uh but it is fun at the parts though whenever his inner monologue isn't running yeah. and that's what i was going back to is the spoon story this is where it kind of intersects you learn that the globe competition each school has its different deadline right mm-hmm. and the school for the bad kids ends up having a deadline that's later uh, mm-hmm. to to get his entry in so he doesn't get his entry in in time in this book a little spoiler here but he doesn't get his entry in in time and that's when he starts acting up so he can get kicked out of this school and yep. go to the bad school right but uh it's just a fun book. I mean, even that doesn't work. Obviously, there's just a bunch of stuff that doesn't work out for Timmy failure, right. and it just goes to show that being a little turd, it's <laughs> not, gonna, it's not gonna get you anywhere in life, kids. It's not gonna get you anywhere. Yeah, it's. I I I love these books. They are. They're not generally doing like big lessons or anything. They're just fun reads, right. even though they still manage to sneak really big heart into him. This one I think was even more on the face of it too. I mean like the parts where you get some good heart to the story is like literally, you know, a character going on a three page like speech about the nature of existence (laughs) and how to be, you know, how to chase your dreams and everything. It's like, it's, it's a bit more on the nose, but you sit there and you read it and you're like, Yes, yes, yes to everything yes. you're saying. Go. You you like you hear the symphony playing underneath her words and you, yeah. you just can't help but but get into it. So, I think this is still such a good feel good book even though mostly what happens in it is bad things to other people, but it's it, it's just so it's chock full of humor and I I mean I love it. I would love to read it uh with my Molly when she's older because they're just so funny and and I know how much fun it would be to to laugh with this. Yeah, it's uh, a good, this is a perfect example of how to write media with bad people or not necessarily uh, right. bad yeah, people, yeah. but with, uh, with folks who are not virtuous, right? Yeah. I think the best example of this in everyday life is probably It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, huh. where you have a show that recognizes that its characters are not virtuous, right? right? right. That's the point, right? Yeah. The point of the entire show is we have all of these folks who are terrible people, right? And, and if you know how to, if you know that in the back of your mind, yeah. right. As somebody who's not only a consumer of the show, but as the writer, 
it lands a lot harder whenever right. you do get to those moments where you have a human character being like, no, this is right. wrong. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah. It lands so much harder that, that, uh, it brings you back to reality whenever you're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, the writer knows, right? Right. Like, well, the writer I, throws those little things in there just so that they're like, we know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing that it does is it makes good deeds shine. Whereas a book about a bunch of yes. heroes trying to save the day, like it's about that, but you you know you're just sort of like rooting for the heroes to hopefully win. But in this, it's a bunch of crazy, chaotic things happening with a person who's screwing everything up, and then every time something good and genuine happens, it is so deeply uplifting. Like it, it, it like almost, I said, it shines a very bright light on it to just be like, look, look at how like messed up things can be for people sometimes. And if you just lend them a little bit of a hand to help them get out of their rut. Look at how much that can mean. Like, look at how important that is. That's that is very much the takeaway that you get from this vibe of book. Is like even this one weird kid helping this Timmy kid who's not nice to him mm-hmm. at all. You know, Rollo's just like, I don't care. I, I you know, it, it seems like things are rough for him. I'm gonna help him a little bit. You yeah. read that and you go, Rollo's the best person I've ever met. What like, absolutely? What a virtuous soul. <laughs> uh, when he get when he yeah when he does the thing where he just is completely like yeah Timmy. I know, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know what they're gonna say, dude. Like, very <laughs> conspiratorial. Like, Rolo is still taking the time to help Timmy, even though Timmy is not good to him. And Molly too. Molly yeah. does the same thing. They're right. both they're both virtues of friendship. Which everyone's is, trying to help ex- Timmy. Exactly. Accept accept your friend's fl- flaws. But yeah. it does make it land. It's very wholesome in those in those mm-hmm. points. Like like last week we read a book, uh, Insignificant Life's uh, Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus. Yeah. Boy, I always. Yeah, uh, mess that one up but <laughs> but uh uh it's almost that book is almost too wholesome all the way through right. like it's all wholesome right, right. uh and These i are the think the best kids almost, ever and they're all the best kids mm-hmm. ever and the only thing bad about them is the, know, whole, I, the bad circumstances they were sort of right given. they're all in bad circumstances they're a little mopey but and they're overall pretty wholesome they show right. you how a friendship should be in that right. book which is great uh but in this book it's great because it's uh timmy's showing you how a friendship shouldn't be but <laughs> But his his supporting cast is showing you how friendships can be, right? right. And right. that's and that's it. Almost makes those moments land a lot harder because we're not hit and inundated with them, you know, yeah. throughout the entire book. Which isn't a knock on insignificant events. It's just right, uh, just a different approach to the same problem. Right. It, it it shows you know the power of friendship, as it were, in a right. completely different light or whatever. So yeah, I dig it. I I. Uh, I think it will be a while before we return to Timmy failure because um, I just think I'm ready to, to check out a bunch of other stuff. Although, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe 10 weeks from now, I'll just be like, man, I'm feeling the itch again. <laughs> feeling wanna, the itch. I just want to see it's, what he's up to. Well, and it's great to have a, a two-hour <laughs> quick thing to just knock out or whatever. But also, I mean, oh, yeah. so, categorically, too, this is a great, I mean, what, like seven-year-old book like this is a good early reader thing all ages really the the funny thing about it is i mean very often timmy like uses language that is probably advanced like he because he's not talking like a real kid but i think those bits would still land i mean it's the same thing as like what a series of unfortunate events does so often that's it's like oh my god using language above our our you know above our grade level but it's that's sort of the point is to make the kid go like what the heck is that word supposed to mean and let's go figure it out and investigate Right. The only difference is, is that Lemony Snicket does spell it out for you, does tell you, but, but I don't mind that, uh, Stefan Pastis doesn't tell us. Um, I think you're right. I think it does lend to the reader to go out and figure it out for themselves. But yeah, I'd say seven to 10. I mean, yeah, I I think my daughter's getting close to the age of being able to pick this book up and at least be like, Oh, (laughs) 
It's funny. It's funny stuff, yeah. Well, There's some funny stuff going on in here. The elephant scene, like we didn't even talk about the garden <laughs> elephant. That's pretty, like the uh, the misfortune of that yeah. poor hedge that's out there. And Bingo, the Total's not in this one much. To- that was going to be the next thing to say is, uh, what, what's weird is this is, you know, the, the big Kind of a totalist book. Of the, the, total, the, the, the hook of the first one is like this idea of whether or not this polar bear that Timmy mm-hmm. has actually exists. And this book right. definitely leans a lot more on like, it's not real at all. It's just in his imagination because Total's barely around. And when he is around, Timmy's yeah. like having to more or less look off camera to see what Total's. It's like, it's pretty apparent that Total is fake. He's not a real polar yeah. bear in this one. Where in the first one, I did like that it was like, I sometimes the polar bear is real. Like, I think yeah, it sometimes interacts the polar with bear is, Yeah, it's very <laughs> sometimes strange. the polar bear is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely fake in this one, right? Like, yeah. There was no, there was no Total... Which is kind of sad because Total is a good character, but I think yeah. overall to maybe make the story. Well, because again, this one was so go. much more grounded. It, it became about so many more things. Total never factored into things. And I think that does mm-hmm. lose some of the like Calvin and Hobbes quality, right? Yeah, just, it was like, very this, Calvin and Hobbes the first one. Timmy is a very Calvin type character, right? Calvin is also a, a bad friend, Arrogant, a little. Smug. Uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and he is balanced by his very contemplative tiger. Right. Um, Total is not that. Total's just a a, a chicken nugget eaten polar bear that hangs that out guy. and likes to dance. Um, but yeah, I feel like I missed having that that balance of like something it, for Timmy to direct his energy towards. There was a little bit of Total being real, um, actually, uh, in this one where uh, Timmy's uh, segue is no longer there, so he has to butter himself up. Oh yeah. And Total is supposed to drag him to locations. Yeah, I'm but trying to again, imagine what that looks like if Total isn't real. What is it yeah, that Timmy is doing? <laughs> he's just buttering himself up, which is funny in its own right. Yeah, so it's, yeah, there is that. That, that is the only through line with Total that is through the entire book is just there are like several moments where people are like, are you sweating? Why he's are like, you no, wet? It's butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my way of getting around the total mobile uh, well uh i don't know how much more there is to say uh about the old timmy failure um i i think that this one is is one worth checking out um if anything too i mean I, you could almost read this one first and not have necessarily missed anything if the first one sounded think- too chaotic for you this one is definitely like the more grounded of the two and you could just sort of dive right in it you don't there's no plot between them which is surprising considering like we said these books end with like a major moment but then the next one just sort of was like yeah and so this is the situation he's in now you don't actually have to know yeah. how he got here because he's always getting himself into bad situations every chapter opens with him in a new bad situation <laughs> Yeah, the first one's more episodic, and the books themselves are very episodic, just mm-hmm. like kind of a, a window into Timmy's life this time. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think the first one I preferred, uh, even yeah. though I listened to it. I think if I were to go read the first one, I would enjoy it a mm-hmm. lot more, and I enjoyed this one. Not that I didn't enjoy this one. Right. Uh, the chapters in this one, by the way, are movie titles. Uh, oh, plays right. on movie titles. There's yeah. like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and all that stuff. So <laughs> I found myself all sorts not reading ones. the chapter titles often enough. I kept accidentally skipping them, and I would just oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. get I straight that into the, to the book, and I, I feel like I missed something. I might go back through and, and check them all out. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones. Very, uh, yeah, very much references to uh, old movies mm-hmm. um, that are classics. But yeah, uh, overall... Um, I think it will be a while before we revisit just because I, again, though, I, not for lack of wanting, it's yeah. just, 
you know, we got to do some other stuff. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. We can't have this but, be, there's no need for a Timmy failure podcast in the world necessarily. All, right. As much as I might want to be one. Um, so yeah. what do we want to do next, EJ? We haven't prepped this this time, but maybe it's fun to to let the people peek behind the curtain a little bit and get an idea of stuff worth thinking about reading. And we can maybe kind of pick something. Want to do a little production meeting mid Yeah, yeah. I like the, the end of episode <laughs> production meeting. Um, <laughs> That we are so want to do, <laughs> um, yeah. So we have a we have some lists um, that we just kind of make. And yeah. We have a big Excel spreadsheet. We we talked books. about a, a bunch for a while. We had our fantasy book thing going, and we we did Aragon, but mm-hmm. then we've we've kind of been off our fantasy book game for a little bit. Uh, and I felt like I needed that after Aragon. But we have talked about doing um, Mouse Guard and Artemis yeah. Fowl as some mm-hmm. fantasy books. So either of those could be our road to Terry Pratchett uh, journey. I really want to look into Howl's Moving Castle yeah. as well. That could be in the fantasy. That's We're very into um, this uh, Diana Wynn Jones as yeah. who did that, by the way. And I think that's a name that judging by what I've heard so far, some of our listener base uh, yep. suggested this one. And, um, yeah, I mean, from what I've I'm, heard so far, I'm very I'm in. into that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe we, we, we've, I think we talked the other day about potentially doing mouse guard, but we are, we've, I, tale of Despero doesn't feel that far back in my memory. Yeah. So I feel not. like skipping mouse guard for now, but yeah, I mean, what do we want to do? Howl's moving castle. Do we dive right in? I don't know how long Ooh. it is. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't really want to commit, but okay. we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and say, we'll, we'll say that it's probably going to be down to one of those three. We'll, yeah. we'll say that on this episode and then next right. week it'll be a little, little, you'll see what we surprise. discovered. Yeah. There yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just surprise folks and see uh, how they feel. I, I mean, it could end up being Artemis Fowl as well. And it might just be like a time constraint. Thing, we might but, find something different too. I, I love um, my, my favorite thing yeah. for this show has been just hanging out at the library and literally oh, sifting fun. through shelves and then sending like you pictures of well, what about this crazy thing? I mean, that's how we found insignificant life of a cactus. It was oh, just like, yeah. this was just on the shelf and it looked awesome. And yeah, I have just so rarely engaged with uh, books that way, which is absurd. That's like how you should engage with books, but it's that that's like just a newer element for me. And especially like these days, you know, so much media is uh, what exactly you want to go get, right? You know, our, our streaming services generally mean we don't actually get just stuff dropped in our lap. It's usually catered you know, catered to us and and you go looking for a specific show that's the hot new item. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there, I find myself longing for that, like, can something just drop in my lap? Something I just want, surprise I just, me. Yeah, yeah, I just want to, I just want this to surprise me and see how it goes. And every time we've yeah. done that for this show, it's been like my favorite well. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Root Magic was the same thing. I just found oh, that yeah. book you and that's like my favorite book of the of the show so far. So yeah. yeah, um you know, we might we might find a trip to the library to just discover what our next book is. Oh, for sure. Well, Matt, do you have a poem? Oh, do I need to do a poem? <laughs> I need to do a poem. Maybe you just read a P- Pearls Before Swine. <laughs> just let me read see one. Can, let me see if I can find no, it. Uh, uh, no context, Pearls Before Swine. Um, I, I don't have a poem for us this week. Oh, no. But what I do have is a quote from Stefan Pastis from oh, okay. Pearls Before Swine about poetry. Poetry oh, okay. is a hoax perpetuated by educated people <laughs> to confuse and anger the rest of us. This sounds like something Timmy Failure would say in one of yeah. these books. <laughs> yeah, actually, that quote is actually by Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs>
<laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, bye. <laughs>